Hey, Armstrong and Getty here, and the real estate market is about as crazy as it's ever been. I mean, it's just none of the old rules apply anymore. Everything's different. You gotta, you, you need expert advice. And there will be a new set of new rules next week, too, probably. That's why you have to get great real estate representation, good or bad or mediocre, will no longer do. Give Robert Millward a call. Robert's with Intero Real Estate now at 204-9493. Maybe you're thinking about selling. What's your house worth? Get a good solid number instead of a wild guess. Maybe you're not upside down anymore because, as Jack said, the rules are changing. Who can get approved for a short sale? Who can get approved for a mortgage? Call 204-9493, 204-9493. Talk to the only guy I'd use or go to JoeGettysRealtor.com. That's JoeGettysRealtor.com. Your shirt was missing the buttons when you brought it in. Wow. Once, I once mean, again, my Korean's with the, a little rough, but... Once again, with the unfortunate stereotypes, that's the official announcement from the North Korean news agency about their launch. <laughs> I keep watching the videos of that little weirdo and his generals. He is like... Just ecstatic. Yeah. I mean, he is thrilled beyond thrilled. It doesn't look like acting to me. No, it doesn't. It looks like genuine. Oh, my God, this is awesome. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, Which, you know, kind of takes me further down the path of maybe he actually believes we're on the verge of attacking him. And Right. And the he, only defense is to develop the nuclear capability. Maybe. But, I mean, his generals are uh, thrilled because... They realize uh, we have something to do with putting this together, and if it didn't work right, he's going to machine gun us to death. So. Right, exactly. So that's a little incentive. Yeah. And Garen joins us and is a diplomatic correspondent for the Washington Post and is uh, part of a, a major piece this morning about the direct challenge to the Trump administration from the North Koreans. And welcome. How are you? I'm well. Thanks for having me. Uh, listen, we are not into hyperbole around here, which makes us bad talk radio hosts. Um, but this is unquestionably a higher level of, of belligerence and tension on both sides, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. I mean, hyperbole sort of fails here anyway. I mean, the, what the North Koreans are on the verge of, of doing is having a full-blown, you know, honest-to-God uh, nuclear deterrent against the United States, which is what Kim Jong-un wants uh, as a hedge to he views it as the ultimate hedge against uh, a U.S. attack and a guarantee of the preservation of his regime. No amount of, of rhetorical reassurance from uh, Secretary of State Rex Tillerson or or others to the effect of that the U.S. does not seek regime change in North Korea is is convincing to him. And what he wants is to be able to say to presumably a President Trump, if, if he continues apace and actually develops this uh, credible nuclear deterrent uh, sometime within a Trump administration, that he would be able to say to the United States under President Trump, look, you got to deal with me. Uh, and that means you need to cut me a deal that guarantees that I stay in office and you don't try to blow me up. Uh, I thought it was interesting. So we had a joint exercise with South Korea yesterday. 
to flex our muscles a little bit, which I don't think will do any good. But South Korea had uh, the, the the new guy in South Korea had kind of distanced himself from us and had talked about meeting with uh, the little weirdo. So that yeah, was... it, you know, South Korean governments go back and forth on their degree of of diplomatic engagement and and uh, more and catering to uh, uh, to the North, depending on on who's in power and how how they view it. I mean, remember that that these are one people ethnically and historically, and there are South Koreans who have relatives and uh, you know family homes and and so forth in the North. Uh, they haven't seen for decades. It it's it, they're very there are there's very strong pull in in South Korea, particularly among older South Koreans, uh, to toward having some kind of rapprochement with the North. And politically, a leader in South Korea has to has to contend with that. You can't be 100 percent uh, tough guy, uh, or, or in the in the case of uh, Park and Hay, a uh, tough girl. Uh, to going after the North because you're going to lose some percentage of, of your own people. So we're currently in a p- period in South Korea where there is a, a, a government that takes a more generous view of the possibilities of diplomatic engagement. This is exactly the kind of thing that tends to disabuse South Koreans and everyone else uh, of that notion. How much truth is there to the notion that China is pursuing their own uh, priorities, re North Korea, and that any hope that they'll be a, a close partner with us is probably forlorn. Well, I mean, China is the only real uh, deterrent to North Korean nuclear ambitions. They're the only they are the only hope for preventing what otherwise seems utterly inevitable, uh, which is not only the nuclear weapon, which they already have, but the ability to deliver it very, very, very far from their own shores uh, to their, their goal is to be able to do, to threaten the entire mainland U.S. West Coast. Were that to be prevented, uh, Chinese uh, uh, not only um, economic pressure, but diplomatic pressure would have to be brought to bear. China is the route through which uh, the North Koreans get uh, access to the U.S. financial system primarily, I mean, the world financial system primarily, uh, to, to international goods. Right, but and if they haven't the brought that, that pressure to bear yet, they're not going to unless we exert some serious well, they bring some of it. Hurt. They bring they bring some pressure. They go, they do what the United States and, and, and other countries want them to do uh, up to a point. But the Chinese take a very long view of this, and there are two things that they don't want more than they don't want uh, uh, the U.S. tutting them at them, and that is they don't want a collapse of the North Korean regime and a humanitarian disaster on their sh- on their border, and they don't want a unified South Korea, which was which is a Western-oriented uh, U.S. ally, uh, butting up against them. So I said earlier in our show, I think the most important number might be 56, as there is a poll out that says 56 percent of Americans don't think Donald Trump's being hard enough on North Korea or being tough enough. The word tough was used. So when and, you know, Trump looks at this stuff. If President Trump sees a poll in which 56 percent of Americans say you're not being tough enough, you're not winning. That's going to drive him a certain direction, isn't it? Yeah, it certainly could. We've seen it happen before. I mean, but but. The, the reality is there's really almost nothing he can do. I mean, if he if he wanted to launch a military attack, which would be tough, uh, the there is a pretty 
strong chance, um, stronger than, than any U.S. general is likely to advise him to, to risk, that the North Koreans would retaliate by, by launching a, sh- a short-range uh, a nuclear weapon and with, uh, endangering uh, both people in South Korea and potentially Japan, potentially uh, U.S. bases and in both places, U.S. soldiers. Well, wow. so, so the military thing is really off the table, isn't it? It seems like almost everyone agrees there'd be hundreds of thousands dead, maybe millions dead if, if an, there, there was an be. attempt at an invasion. So that, that's not even really on the table, is it? it I mean, it, to me, it seems functionally uh, off the table. I mean, it, it certainly is with well within the realm of possibility uh you know a technical possibility uh, but it but as a as a practical solution here it it doesn't seem to be a good one i mean it would it would cause so much more uh damage than than it would be likely to prevent better to take the long chinese view perhaps and uh, you know keep the pressure up wait and see deter etc doesn't it's not a very comfortable <laughs> solution out. but yeah exactly well no it's not and and during the time that the us has sort of waited it out here over the last 10 years the north koreans got a a real nuclear weapon goodbye yeah, and so, seattle and so you'll be known forever as president joe getty the president that allowed los angeles to be obliterated uh, wrong <laughs> i believe i believe i have delivered peace in our time and Garen, <laughs> diplomatic correspondent for the Washington Post and enjoyed the chat very much. I hope we can do it again. Thank you. Appreciate it. All right. Thank you. That is, isn't that the honest to God situation you're in? You've got to think about as your president. Yeah. And I, I realize you care more about the humans than your own legacy. But Yes, I do. The legacy is about the humans. I mean, they're, they're tied together. Your legacy would be the fault of you launched the deadliest day in world history mm-hmm. when uh, a million and a half people died in South Korea and Japan and some of our military bases because you thought we need to do invade North Korea. Or there's a that would be a guaranteed thing if we invade. That's oh, more or less invade? guaranteed. Yeah. yeah, yeah. If we launch a strike of some sort. Right. We don't have to invade. If we just strike, mm-hmm. right. people believe he's going to launch his missiles and then all those people die. Right. So that's guaranteed if we try to strike. If you don't, then you have the possibility that you go down in history as you allowed the worst attack on U.S., on the United States, to ever occur. You ignored the gathering storm, to again reference uh, Winston Churchill in yeah. the 30s. So yeah. you got to make that decision as president of the United States. Ooh, which, it's a rough which, gig. Yeah. That's why they age like dogs. Uh, yeah, yeah. Meanwhile, you got the peculiarities of Trump's personality and the whole of majority of Americans don't think he's being tough enough. That's a, uh, mm, er. Well, and the peculiarities mm. of Kim's personality. It doesn't make any sense to me why, even if they got the missile that they wanted and the nuke loaded on it, and they're certain it could work, why would you want to obliterate Portland? What is that going to get you? It'll get you wiped off the map, probably. Because all the self-satisfied liberalism. Clearly, <laughs> he hates that. It's just hard to see what the motivation would be. Yeah. I realize it gives them an opportunity to blackmail us forever. Well, that's it. And, and that's ask, it. And ask for more food or, or whatever they're going to ask for. Right. Money. Yeah. OJ didn't bring the guns because he wanted to shoot those guys. He brought the guns to make sure his preferred outcome occurred. OJ uh, going to be loose soon, according to some. Well, what's their, preferred, what's their preferred outcome? If his preferred outcome is not just... Not being invaded, not having his well, regime... Fine, I don't care. You, you treat your people the way you want. It sucks for them, but I'm glad I'm not one of them. Right. I mean, I'm fine with that. Amen to that. Or does he want more? Is there something else he could hold us up for with nukes? 
Does he just ask for just plain out money or food or something? Well, yeah, yeah, he'll ask for all sorts of stuff, but he will know that he will not be invaded. Well, he will. Well, he obviously believes, judging by his joyful fat jumping up and down, that um, that that this ensures he will not be invaded nor or cast from power. Who wants to invade North Korea? Who's on board for that? I'm not. You know. Good text. Hundreds of thousands dead. Jack, this is North Korea, not American health care. Good one. (laughs) China. Literally thousands of people will die. She said hundreds of thousands. Hundreds of, I know. Which is amazing. What a (laughs) Hundreds of thousands of people will die if this bill passes. Hundreds of thousands will die. So I'm I'm sorry, I started chuckling. I was thinking of my friend uh, Al Anonymous, who I was talking to yesterday during the 4th of July. As a matter of fact, we're... Enjoying some delicious food and beverages at his place. And um, I was uh, expressing sympathy for some fellows who were, who were doing manual labor on a hot day. And he said, should have studied harder in school. <laughs> Just like that. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Very, very unsympathetic. I would say. Although, How come I can't assassinate that guy over North Korea? What I heard, some, I heard some experts say that the Chinese could do it. Oh, that, Kim? Yeah, that the Chinese could pull it off if they wanted to. Yeah, probably. Well, then why don't they? We got to wanna. We got to. That's what we got to do. We got to pressure the Chinese somehow to assassinate that little. They boy. got a weird, poor neighbor that should have studied harder in school, next door, and they're annoying, but it's okay, and they want that status quo. Because their alternatives are disaster next door or next door being a sworn enemy of them, meaning a a united uh, pro-Western Korean peninsula. Mm -hmm. So Kim Jong-un right now is the best of their their alternatives. Wow. With the two biggest powers on the planet on each side of that. And now Putin's going to jump in the middle and help. Hey, Vlad. Keep to yourself, huh? Nobody wants your help. Got some ratings news for Joe and Mika. Huh? She's going to be able to afford a lot more facelifts if this keeps up. Learned something about Thomas Jefferson yesterday. Is it all right if we talk about patriotism in America the day after the 4th of July? So who are you yelling at? It's our Cinco de Mayo. <laughs> what? Stay tuned to the Armstrong. Who am I yelling at? You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Ratings are out for Friday's Joe and Mika episode. That's wow. when uh, Joe and Mika came back from their vacation because the president had attacked her viciously, talking about her bleeding facelift. They had their highest rated show ever. Wow. Not surprising. Oh, oh, please get into a feud with the president. You don't have to be so snotty. <laughs> you know... Yeah, no kidding. Um, this reminds me of what you were saying about uh, Megyn Kelly. So Megyn Kelly didn't do her show this past Sunday night. She took the night off. And they ran a three-year-old dateline that got better ratings than any of her shows have so far. Not uh, good. Wow. And Fox had offered Megyn Kelly a $100 million long-term deal because she was the 
some some weeks the biggest thing in in cable news. Megan. And when when she wasn't, she was second only to Bill O'Reilly, ex employee Bill O'Reilly. She yeah. she sometimes beat Bill O'Reilly. She was the biggest thing in cable news. But as you pointed out, you can be the biggest thing in cable news and by uh, big big deep pool, big boy table, adult table standards, you're not that big a deal, right? Because Joe and Mika got their biggest ratings ever on Friday morning. Everybody in the intelligentsia talks about this show all the time. And as I kept saying last week, I'll bet most of you have never heard of it or seen it. You've only heard about it because it's in the news now, but I'll bet you've never seen it in your lives. Opinion makers watch it, Jack. They got 1.6 million people for the most watched show they've ever had. Wow. That's how a Megyn Kelly can cross over to try to compete against 60 Minutes and get 3 million people. Because wow. that was huge over on Fox. That makes you the most dominant thing in co- cable news. Right. Uh, if you get two million people on cable news, but you move over to the networks and you get canceled after two shows. Boy, with the attention it got, I was sure it would have transcended the usual cable numbers in the cable universe. Yeah. I'm cable talking news to my, universe, I'm talking say. to myself here. I'm talking to myself here. Yes. Gotta Jack, keep, shh. Jack is going to have a moment for himself. Got to keep that in mind whenever you're discussing any of these cable news shows. Nobody watches them. Right. Nobody watches them. If you're in the high school of the Beltway, then you got to know who's saying what about whom. Did you say, did you hear what Jenny said about uh, Caitlin? Did you? Oh, my God. That's what cable news is to a large extent. Sure. Maybe the evening primetime stuff has a little more significance. I don't know. I, I go in any conservative household, uh, average age 50 or older, and they got to Fox News going in the evening. I'll tell you that. But but, but the the, uh, the 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 lesser rated shows you're on CNN and MSNBC, they get hundreds of thousands of people watching yeah. on a daily basis. It's nothing. Yeah. Yeah. It's worth keeping in mind. It is worth keeping in mind. It was mind. a great feud just because it was fun. Yeah. And silly. And it involved the sitting president. But how much, but, how much did they have the feeling that the whole world was talking about it? Completely. Oh yeah. Them and oh all yeah. their friends, yes. the whole, their whole world was talking about it. Correct. 1.6 million people in a nation of 340 million people watched it. And you combine that with the perception you'd get of, of what people think and what's real and what's normal and what's accepted on the cable news. And then you get this poll that came out that... Um, 56%, oh, what was it, the approval numbers for the so-called travel ban, Trump's travel ban. It was among all uh, respondents, it was 60% in favor, 28% against. Uh, Republicans, independents, overwhelmingly in favor of it. And, uh, and Democrats were almost 50-50. Now, come on, tell the truth. From watching the news and reading your websites and, and then the rest of it, a lot of y'all thought, you know, the vast, vast majority of Americans saw this so-called travel ban as just an awful, unconstitutional, racist, unacceptable, low moment in American history. It was calling a temporary halt to visas for countries that have no way to vet who's who. Half a dozen completely effed up countries. You seriously think that we can figure out who from Somalia is whom? You can't. It's just... It's it's not a big deal at all. The, the major Muslim countries of the world, untouched by this. The idea that it was some sort of morally repugnant Muslim ban was promoted relentlessly by the mainstream media and cable news. But it's it's failed to convince huge swaths of America, huge majorities of America. So you combine that with their actually limited reach and you realize 
the 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 mainstream media right now and the cable news is of really limited usefulness. We got to keep that in mind. I ha- I have it in mind, firmly in mind, sir. But what about social media? Breaking social media news. Breaking social. Bring out Brandon the news donkey. When the donkey. When the news. I gotta write this down somewhere. When news breaks, the donkey brays. He's, he's very shaken from the fireworks last night. Yeah. He did not like no, those. No, no. We should have had him inside. It's okay, buddy. We should have had him inside. That's fine. You he can was, chew on the mic cord. He it's was okay. folding his ears down and all. It was terrible to see. It was his tail between his legs. Uh. A, the CNN mock wrestling video. Have you heard about this? Have you seen this? Some kid put it together with Trump back in the day in the wrestling. He was he body slammed some dude. Well, well, this youngster put a CNN logo over the dude's face. So it was like, <laughs> do you follow me here? Trump was body slamming CNN. That video that the Donald, the president, tweeted is his most retweeted tweet ever, 340,000 times as of early Wednesday, surpassing the tweet from the morning of Election Day reading, Today We Make America Great Again. It's his all-time most retweeted tweet. The president has 33 million Twitter followers. Hmm. Hmm. I don't know if that's good or bad. Yeah, what's that say? <laughs> says it's kind of a funny video and people liked it, thought their friends would like it. Or is it a threat of violence against the media? Is this the darkest day of the First Amendment since the censorship trials of the <laughs> 1912s? It's, it's just a funny video. Everybody lighten up. God, that's a constant catastrophizing and crisisizing of everything that happens. It's cuckoo nuts. Everybody calm down. What's coming up in your news, Marsha Phillips? Well, Russia, China, don't expect much help from them dealing with North Korea. You got Trump. I don't. That's the point I've been trying to make all day long. Any faith in China to exert any real force on North Korea is wasted. You got Trump and Putin first meeting with a lot on the table this week and a new report on the effects sex bots will have on humans. Coming up minutes from now, Armstrong and Giddy. I want to hear that story. That sounds interesting to me. Because that's weird. I'm telling you, all week long, well, all week long, it's Wednesday. Boy, these three-day weeks, I could get used to them in a hurry. Uh, You're going to hear cable news uh, or uh, the late-night comics making jokes about Trump meeting with Putin. He'll thank him for getting him the election. You'll hear that all week long. Absolutely. There's nothing to it. Bring us the sex bot story, uh, Marshall. I read an article in the paper about it over the weekend. Yeah, no kidding. Bunch of weirdos out there. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Yo, yo, yo. Did you drop some yo, yo, yo's on people over the weekend? It's catching on. No. My new catchphrase. Mm. So I don't remember. Did you say a man tried to fight bees with fireworks and it ended well? No, it didn't. It didn't go well. Oh, no. He, he fought bees with fireworks and burnt down his place. Oh, oh boy. Yeah. Oh, my. These things happen. Yes, they do. If you fight bees with fireworks. <laughs> we'll tell you that tale, perhaps. Uh, news now with Marshall Phillips. Well, the U.N. Security Council expected to hold an emergency meeting on North Korea today. God, hold three emergency meetings. Do whatever you want. He's going to ignore you. What a uh, exercise in futility. Give, give me the example of, of any of this U.N. stuff ever doing anything. I can't remember it. When's it ever do anything? These U.N. meetings. Well, sometimes it's used to justify then, for instance, uh, Clinton bombing Kosovo or, you know, taking out the Serbs or that sort of or, justification for us invading Iraq. I mean, it gives you 
quote-unquote legal cover if you want it. All right. The U.S. That don't mean much. <laughs> the U.S., Japan, and South Korea requested the meeting after North Korea's latest successful missile test. So, what can really be done about North Korea? Well, President Trump. Nothing. Well, President Trump has been trying to put more pressure on China. Neither China or the Russians are sounding like China. The- like they're going to be all that helpful. CBS's Ben Tracy. China and Russia just came out and said that they oppose any effort to resolve this crisis by force or with sanctions that would economically strangle North Korea. You know, so if you take both those things off the table, you're not left with a whole lot to work with. No, you're left you with know, I think the message from China and now from Russia China. the U.S. is, is anybody listening to this guy? Okay, we, China. We have cut... <laughs> We have cut through the clutter today with a number of guests in our own thinking. Finally, there are only two options. Yes, uh, that are that are that have to do with doing anything. It's pressure in China to do something with North Korea. We just heard that ain't going to happen. Sure, the military option ain't going to happen. Those are the only two options. So we're just going to wait and see what occurs with a nuclear armed Korea that has a missile that can reach Los Angeles. We're just going to hope they don't. That's what well, that is. Try to use deterrence of various sorts, the way we're doing with Pakistan, for instance, and other rogue states. So here's the deal: China has been. Oh yeah, yeah. We'll we'll uh, we'll put pressure on them. Sure, we will. Yeah, yeah. Real China. serious pressure. Yeah. And then they don't over and over again. And and now our good friends, the Chinese, our partner in reigning in North Korea, says, you know, I think would help. Let's bring Vladimir Putin into this. Let's get the Russians involved here. That'll do it. And so it's just, it's absolutely now naked, nakedly obvious what China's doing. And they're not doing anything to help us. And not only that, but they're going to try to drive a wedge between us and the South Koreans and bring Putin into it. Please. I, I do actually yes. think this, though. This is not... I'm not kidding. I actually think the number 56 is the biggest player in this whole thing. Reset that for the good folks, would you? There's a poll out there ask, asking people how they feel Trump's stance on North Korea, right. how he's handling North Korea. The overwhelming majority, the biggest number, 56% of Americans think the president is not being tough enough on North Korea. So Donald Trump, who looks at polls and cable news all the time, sees a poll where he's being called not tough. Right. You think he's going to ignore that? Mm. Not a chance. Mm. Meanwhile, I, I hope uh, old uh, General Mattis. I don't like Mad Dog. He doesn't like the nickname Mad Dog, so neither do I because I respect the man. His favorite nickname for himself is Chaos, which is a pretty cool nickname. But I'm for old uh, General Mattis and McMaster. I'm hoping they can talk sense to the, uh, the tussle-haired one, the president, and, and keep us out of some sort of holocaust. I don't know. Yeah. Meanwhile, the Russian military says its bombers have fired cruise missiles at ISIS targets in Syria. The ministry said the bombers flew from their base in southwestern Russia and launched the missiles at a distance of 620 miles from their target. Russia waging an air campaign in support of Syrian President Assad. Since 2015, the military using the campaign to test its latest weapons, including their long-range cruise missiles, ah, in right. combat for the first time. So they are stepping up the beat on this. And we got a new report on something entirely different. It reveals the impact that sex robots could have on society. Yeah, there's that piece out. Craig Gottwald sent it to me the other day. The whole sex bot thing, Japan is off the rails. 
That is a debauched society, a decadent society. Yeah, I saw an article in the New York Times or Washington Post over the weekend, and it it showed a number of guys, like, pushing these sex dolls. Right. Taking them on vacations, right. pushing them around in wheelchairs. It was very strange. And some of these guys have wives and kids, and it's driving wedges in the family because the crazy people insist that their kids treat the sex bot as a human. And it's just, well, it's a companion bot. Anyway. The report called Our Sexual Future with Robots by Responsible Robotics says the widespread use of the sex robots could lead to social isolation, you think? Do you think? The nonprofit group is saying spending time in a robot relationship can create an inability to form human... What was, what was that phrase you just robot used? Robot relationship, Jack. Robot relationship, <laughs> yes. Could create an inability to form human friendships and desensitize humans to intimacy. Who I need human relationships. I got a robot friend. He can do laser stuff. I think it's important that at this point we combine two words to describe it with one longer word, like robo love. <laughs> Isn't it time for a combined word? I wish I could find. I had I had, I had highlighted one section of it. Right. it. It talked a little bit about um, uh, declining. M- View of masculinity, masculinity in Japan, which I thought was really interesting. Oh yeah, what do they call? Which, which the guys? I think is where we're headed. They call them flowers or vegetables or yeah, vegetarians or something. It's where I, I, <laughs> right. I don't think it's vegetarians, <laughs> no. but I think we're like I think we're headed there in America. I mean, there is there's clearly a, a move that direction. Yeah, that anything feminine is good. Anything masculine. Any sort of aggression or competitiveness or any of that sort of stuff is stuff that should be drummed out of society yeah that, that is absolutely the uh the goal and i would point out that societies are that are like that are obedient they are passive and they are obedient and, and that is to be feared <laughs> and resisted feared and resisted <laughs> Vince. Go, Vince. Yes. Fine. Find me up real life relationships are hard i can know the multi-platinum singer ed sharon has says he's quit twitter he told the son the trolling and mean-spirited comments just got to be too much, so he is off the Twitter machine. Twitter quitter. Bye bye. There you go. Yeah, I think I think if you could, if you're actually in a position where you could give up on that, you wouldn't have to announce it to the world. You'd just stop looking at it, right? Nah, I don't know. Maybe he's felt the need to make a statement. As he put it, one, but don't release your music. I mean, come on. As he said, one comment ruins your day, so he's shut her down. Mm. Ginger. One I, comment I, ruins I, your day. Ginger. <laughs> wow, there's no need for racism, Vincent. What kind of comment ruins Ed Sheeran's day? You're, what are you, you're 25 years old, you got all the money in the world, half the chicks in the world want to have sex with you. What, what, What's ruining your day, Ed Sheeran? Some random dude with four followers and an egg avatar says, <laughs> you suck! <laughs> you're you're not, not, my day is ruined! <laughs> well, you should, like, stop singing at all. Seriously, Ed Sheeran, if you're not happy with your current life, I'm not sure you can be happy. Well, and if you haven't internalized the notion that there are a-holes out there, they'll say bad stuff, you shouldn't be on social media. That's probably true. Wow. That's a wrap. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips here. I'm Strong and Getty Show, the voice of the West. Roll your eyes, keep moving, and stop and concentrate on the praise, because that's absolutely valid. 
I can't imagine looking through, because we have like 20,000 followers. I can't imagine looking through your Twitter feed when you've got millions and millions of followers. The sort of crazy stuff you would get. Oh, yeah. It's got to be insane. Oh, yeah. I don't know. I don't know why you'd even look at it. What are you trying to do? You need, you, you're not in a healthy place in terms of needing feedback, I think. I'm going to tell everyone about how shitty you are. Exactly. <laughs> you get a lot of that. There she is. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Knock the table down. It's actually a very friendly press. Don't let that get you. Although we just lost the table. <laughs> uh, anyway, welcome to the program. This is the what we call the petering out por- portion of the program. The Tokyo-born businessman says, my son accepts it, my daughter can't. His daughter has banned his love doll from the family home. I'll never date a real woman again. They're heartless, he insisted, back mm-hmm. at his... Tokyo apartment. <laughs> Vince says, mm-hmm. To a woman so heartless. <laughs> Sandwiched between two dolls from previous dalliances and a headless rubber torso. Reconciliation with his estranged wife is unlikely, he admits. I would tend to concur. <laughs> I wouldn't be able to take a bath with Sayori or snuggle up with her and watch TV. I don't want to destroy what I have with her. As Japan struggles with plummeting birth rate, a growing number of men known as herbivores are turning their back on love and traditional masculine values for quiet, uncompetitive life. I'm telling you, it is no coincidence that passivity, femininity, compliance are are values valued by people who tend to be really pro-socialism. Everybody ought to just passively get in line and obey. Okay, I, I, I agree with that, but which comes and first? And have sex with a love doll. What's the chicken or the egg here? It seems to me that affluent societies go this direction. They stop having kids. They stop getting married. The men become more effeminine. They lose their uh, aggression and competitiveness. They don't even want to be with a woman. That's clearly happening in the United States. I mean, you got to fight you. it! That's the F. Fight it. Fight it with what? Manly values. Bring up your kids. Not to be passive little sheep. Fight it. I mean, fight if, it. You're not, if you fight it. You're not more curious uh, that what about an affluent society makes the culture that way? I'm, I just think it, it has happened over and over again throughout history. There's something going on there. I'll put you in charge of the navel gazing, sir. Me, I'm going to fight it. I don't think Me you can. Me and my people. I don't think you can. Well, I then think... we'll lose, but we'll go down <laughs> fighting fight as it. you contemplate, as you flip through a book. <laughs> About what's killing our society, I'll be leading the charge. I just no, think, no, no, fight it. I think without <laughs> an external or internal threat, without the threat of starvation or 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 attack, when those when all those primary instincts are taken care of, men's role just disappears. Mm. Capitalism is hard. Competition is hard. Oh, go up your love doll. Fine. The, the, the thing with the love dolls is I just can't imagine getting any 
enjoyment out of that. I realize they're quite lifelike. Do you mean physical or emotional? Either one. I can't imagine either one. Oh. Yes, Vince? Well, the physical will ha- will uh, will be acquired. Oh, yeah. Emo- the, the physical part, I think, is okay. It's not like you're ah, a real person. That but. just, I, I, you know, I've never tried it, but I can't imagine that afterwards I wouldn't think, what the freak is wrong with me? Well, this is awful. You mean what? after you woke up from your nap? <laughs> uh, what's, what's wrong with you? They come with adjustable fingers and removable head and genitals. Removable genitals is the name of my new punk band. Come see us. Weird, 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 weird. We got to get somebody to bring one in studio. Check it out. Yeah, let's do it. Look at it. And then what? We'll just let the magic happen. Yes, indeed. Let's hear our guest announcer for the day. I wonder if Jack will require the employees of his new store, Thistle Be Awesome, to sing Thistle While You Work. That's my final thought for the day. Now let's hear some professional final thoughts with the voice of the West. It's not a store, it's a museum. <laughs> Adult. Battling weeds over the weekend, I thought of that. I thought, the amazing American thistle. Hmm. There really needs to be a museum. It's a symbol for the American toughness, toughness and manliness that, that we're losing. This will be awesome. Here's your host, Joe Getty. Let's get a final thought from everybody. Hey, Vincent, what's your final thought? Band name of the day goes to Positive Sean for the aquatic Kevorkians, but bond of the day goes to Jack Armstrong. In regards to Joe bearing pets early, Jack said, I'm never taking a nap around you. <laughs> That's right. I'm snuffing them like mail. Uh, Marshall Phillips, final thought. Well, I got to say, with more guys dropping out of the dating game, that opens up more opportunities for me. Atta boy, you're a real man. Finally, Michelangelo, final thought. I want standard shipping and what? Oh, is it my my turn yet? Uh, yeah, the blonde hair. Uh, never, never mind. <laughs> Positive Sean, what is your final thought? Yes, born on this day, July the 5th in 1958, one Bill Watterson, the creator of the Calvin and Hobbes comic strip, yes. one of my most beloved comic strips of all time. I'll leave you with this quote. What's the point of wearing your favorite rocket ship underpants if nobody ever asks to see them? <laughs> and most importantly, Fabulous. Calvin peeing on a San Francisco Giants symbol or what? something. Not actually ever in any of the comics. <laughs> no. Jack what is your final thought, sir? I am going to petition my city council to move the fireworks up to around 7 o'clock on 4th of July. <laughs> I realize they won't be as spectacular in the bright daylight, but I can't be staying up till 11 at night on well, 4th of July with the little kids. They won't be visible at all. Well, that's fine, but at least we'll all be in bed at a decent time. <laughs> my final thought is, please, 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 can I hear the angry North Korean announcer chick again? God bless America. This is a historic act uh, of uh, devastating incompetence. I will not sugarcoat this. This is a disappointing day for us. Big mistake, but not too bad. The fun level in this room is at an 11 right now, and that brought it down. The ride is over. The time for the clowns and the acrobats and the dancing bears has passed. Get away from here. Get. Get. And we apologize for our stupidity, and we really hope you forgive us for what we've done. Thank you, and good night. Armstrong and Getty, the voice of the West.